Hello, everyone, and welcome to your uncle's beach house, episode sixty-two. I'm Jackson, and joined by Emma as usual. It's wait, cartoon time? It's cartoon time. Toon time. time. It's toon time. Uh, we're joined by a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Sniper Serpent. I'm a uh, been on a bunch of abnormal pods before by which i mean exclusively doing the other two scooby-doo episodes and then that one uh ggp uh i'm a animation writer and tabletop game designer yeah Yeah. hello happy to have you here we watched the rest of uh scooby-doo mystery inc as promised last time that you were on yeah we Uh, finished the whole show yeah season two watched all the season two 26 episodes uh, aired in um, 2012, 2013, around that time. And that's what we watched. So what happened last time on Scooby-Doo? Man, there were a bunch of mysteries um, in Crystal Cove that all led back to the Spanish conquistadors and the way the town was settled and the, the six... six A disc that broke down to six pieces that was leading to a mystery uh, that involved the old Mystery Inc. gang that were also uh, four people and an animal, but that animal was an evil owl, and he wanted the pieces for evil purposes, and Mystery Inc. wanted it to save... I don't know, just to stop the bad. They didn't really know what was going on at this point in season one. Uh, and season one ended with everyone being sent away uh, because Fred realized his dad, who was the mayor, was a fraud. And his real parents were... His real parents were part of the uh, Mystery Inc. gang. The original evil one. Yes. Uh, and that's where we begin season two, I believe. That was yeah, close enough. So, so season two has Scooby trying to get the gang back together. Uh, Shaggy's in military school. Fred's uh, like wandering the earth. Um, Velma's doing uh, black ops shit for Mr. E. Um, who's one of the original Mystery Incorporated guys. Um, and they get the gang back together because they decide they're going to get the disc. Uh, hijinks ensue as they clash with the original Mystery Inc. It is revealed that both of them are in a long line of Mystery Inks dating, like, mystery groups with a bunch of kids and a mascot dating back to uh, the ancient Americas, where the original group was fighting a it-like calamity from the skies i guess a demon it's not really clear what that thing is um i guess it is an alien they do say it's an alien right yeah yes it's like an extra dimensional alien thing yes like very clearly uh the writers of the show like lovecraft and they put a fake cthulhu as a big bad Mm -hmm. um and in doing that they end up gathering the piece of the disc realizing that there's like a planetary alignment getting everybody together for a big battle and they fight the big cthulhu demon um, in destroying it, they reset all the evil it's ever did and create a new universe where uh, Crystal Cove was always a nice place and everyone's happy. Uh, Fred's got his parents. Um, Velma's got her girlfriend. Velma's got a girlfriend. Everyone else is the same because they don't actually want anything. <laughs> <laughs> but then they get well, hired by Harlan Ellison to be a mystery ink and go solve mysteries for him. I completely forgot, like, I remembered having seen this before, that there's a guy at the end who, like, calls them who remembers the old universe. I had forgotten it was fucking Harlan Ellison, so yeah. that really took me off guard this time. Uh, I wasn't surprised, because the whole season I was like, it's weird they didn't bring the Harlan Ellison back, that was a bit annoying last time, and then he coming back at the very last pivotal moment was like, god damn it! <laughs> <laughs> 
Because they bring everyone else back. Every every this the show's dead. Everyone is cool here. Back Solid Snake shows up, and he's like, <laughs> yes. "I'm in this one again." But, honestly, pretty much. Yeah. Um, they they do the thing where they go through all of the characters and be like, "And now we're better in the new universe, unless you're Daphne's sisters, who karmically suck now for some reason." Um. Yeah, it happens. Um. Um. So. Where do we want to start? So this is, we watched 26 episodes, um, maybe too many episodes, <laughs> I uh, say, of Scooby-Doo to watch very quickly. Yeah, I, I, my general thoughts on this season uh, are that uh, I generally am pretty positive on it, and I think the last few episodes are kind of bad. Um, um, my general opinion is I think I like season one more. I mean, I did like season one more. I think the overarching plot... Uh, just doesn't do much for me. Um, I think we already got everything out of the original Mystery Inc. that like that was interesting last season. So they're just kind of like villains that don't do much other than like show up in a couple of episodes. Uh, Fred's parents—they're like their one exception. I think they're all right, but like I, I'm, I'm pretty sick of Pericles. Uh, Mystery is not that interesting. Angel drops out of the plot for like a long stretch. Uh. And then she dead, comes back and immediately yeah. dies. Yeah. Um, and um, so you're left with, like, flashes of, like, the mystery inks through time. I wish they'd focus a little more on, like, what those groups were like, maybe, if they wanted to do something like this. Um, and then, like, it goes all the way back to, you know, in ancient times, before the Conquistadors, there was, like, the pure-hearted, you know, Mesoamerican mystery ink group uh, that were the best of them. Um, and they could have beaten it, and then they, but they, they weren't able to at the very end because of the conquistadors, um, and thus creating this long line of whatever. And I'm like, that, you know, I guess, but I wish there was more time, like, building those characters up, because, like, at the end of the day, they just end up being, like, a MacGuffin. Um, yeah. And because everything has been, been towards this big meta plot, where, like, the last couple of episodes are just, like, a full-on, like, might as well just be a movie about, like, wrapping this all up, um, I feel like the original, the, like, the episodes leading up to it, just don't have good mysteries. Like everything is in service of the big meta plot. So like I'm never sitting there going, who's the guy? What's the gimmick? Is the ghost cool? I actually think most of these ghosts are not very cool (laughs) with like, with like two or three exceptions that are like, I think really good, but um, it it just Uh. spends a lot of time on, on doing the plot stuff in a way that I was like, I just want, I just want Scooby-Doo to solve a mystery. I want them to go to a spooky place, meet a ghost, go, that's not a ghost and prove it. I mean, oh. that is, like, what happens in, like, I think, like, 16 out of 26 episodes. Yeah, I just, it's just not, clearly not what the show's focus is, like, main, like, thrust of yeah. what, what the episodes are written for. Like, generally, the way I like this is when they solve a Scooby-Doo mystery, and then there's a two-minute segment at the end where someone says something mysterious to set up the next plot, and you've got mm. a myth arc told in these two-minute segments. There are exceptions. I really like the Krampus episode where the twist is that it's the Scooby gang doing the monster crime. Mm-hmm. Um, as because when they're trying to do a big move in the like myth arc to like steal a thing, how are Scooby Doo going to steal a thing by faking a monster? Obviously. And I yeah, I was, I was delighted that one because they're not Scooby Doo group by its very nature is like a reactive force. Mm-hmm. Like they're just not going out there and like doing things. And this is the one time they actually just pull off a like a plan and it works and it's really good um uh-huh. uh, and then they you know they get a whole heist done in the middle like by doing it i think that's pretty good yeah uh-huh. 
Um, um, shout outs to Hot Dog Water, the secret sixth member. She should be in the show more. She it's weird that she show. gets written out. I, it's it's not oh. just weird. It's like cruel. Like they just like they kick her out. They're like uh, the other people don't want you around. Goodbye. It makes the, the main gang seem so mean. Um, I think that's intentional because then the next scene is the gang being like, "That was really fucking mean of us." Anyway, yeah, but like they don't do anything with it, right? Like it doesn't, they don't like interrogate. Like a gag. Yeah, yeah. It's not not that I want a serious series about how like. Our in groups so like controlling. I, mean, I don't want. Them, I just wanted her to hang around. I'm like you can just have an extra person. Um, at the time when yeah. I thought that, I didn't realize they were doing. Oh, the like primordial form of four people and a animal is is the is like the the repeating signs of a mystery malice. I, I didn't. I did not know that was coming. Uh, yeah, like the, the de- what I definitely think they're trying to do with that is that like they are compelled by the force of, like, this cosmic force to kick her out to keep the gang intact, but they don't, like... Towards the end, when they find out about this, there's a lot of gesturing towards if Destiny has set us to be this group, uh, are we even really friends? And then it doesn't really ever go anywhere. Um, (laughs) Yes. But, like, I think, uh, like, the stuff with Marcy would have been, like, an interesting place to... Uh, test that because like she and Velma very close like yeah. they're basically like, immediately dating in this season there's a um, there's a scene there's a scene on the plane where Shaggy and Scooby are talking about this they're like well of course we like hanging out that's all that matters who cares and like that's true for them but that's not true for like Velma and Fred like they have nothing yeah. in common they don't relate to each other at all they are not friends <laughs> yeah um, and I think I would have liked, if you're going to bring in this plot point, like, something uh, mm-hmm. to, like, follow through on that. Because it is, like, an interesting, like, uh, idea to me of finding out that, like, if everything in your life is predestined, then has anything you've ever chosen to do with your life matter? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Scooby-Doo is not actually equipped for that question, it turns out. Yeah. Uh, uh, did uh, speaking of Marcy briefly being in the gang, did you to notice the credits gag with that? Yes. Yeah, it's good. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, like, I would have probably tried to break the gang into more like groups to like drive home that like inertia keeps pulling them. Like fate requires them all to be together. Like, why isn't it just Fred and Daphne? Why isn't it Velma and Scooby and Shaggy and, and Hot Dog Water? Why aren't they a, like a, a quartet for a while? Yeah, um, yeah. Like, there's a decent episode where um, there's the fake Fred, so Fred split off with his... Uh, That's probably my favorite episode in this whole set. Um, it's really good, because you're like, you go back and forth not realizing what's actually happening a few times. Yes. Um, that's like a, a... Honestly, a little too... Like, I understand why they can do that once, because it's... It would genuinely confuse children the way they uh, like reveal what's actually happening in the crosscuts that mm-hmm. is not as complicated as it looks. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's a great episode. I had a good time with it. And it definitely like allowed them to explore different dynamics in the group. I just liked uh, post-apocalyptic future Fred. I think that's like a good bit. <laughs> it is a good bit. With like old Daphne, yes. Yeah. Um... Podpress and Fred, less interesting. I feel like um, Fred's mom did a much better job of selling uh, the gimmick than uh, Fred's dad did. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like the, like the point is Fred's parents never bothered to learn anything yes. about him. But... Uh, which is fun, but like, it's, if, I think they show you 
fake Fred first, and it's immediately like, well, this guy's an imposter, while if they had shown fake Daphne first, I could have been like, oh, this is the future Trunks timeline. Yes. Um, uh, And this is actually a time travel episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I I feel like that's not out of, like, the bounds of what this show could have done, a time travel episode. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, they literally fight a big space monster from, you know, ancient America. Like, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, a, a, a weird thing I found with this season is that everything I remembered from the season happened super early in it, because it's better, but it... With the exception of the, like, Fred Swap episode, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there's the episode where they first discover, like, the Conquistador ship, and mm. uh, Marcy is the villain again, and I'm in my mind, I was like, that's probably, like, episode 18. I think it's episode 8. Yeah, it's 8. Um, it's just, like, the season's front-loaded, because that's when they're still doing fun mysteries, and then they have uh, one or two um, big things at the end. Uh, yeah. And then they do Twin Peaks for an episode, or three yeah it just keeps coming back they keep going uh, to the twin peaks thing and i'm like i have not even seen twin peaks and i feel like all of this stuff is played i guess it wasn't played in 2012 like re- yeah. return hadn't happened it was a thing that people liked from the 90s mm-hmm. um uh anime i know that like so horatio caron the like little dancing guy in the red room in this is voiced by michael j anderson who was the Equivalent character, character in Twin Peaks. Peaks. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is actually his last role as an actor before he retired. Um, oh, okay. Uh, he didn't want to come back for the return, I understand. Um, mm-hmm. And to me, like, this is linked. Gravity Falls, the last line of dialogue is spoken by Dale Cooper. Uh, this was just where animation writers were in the 2012 era. God. <laughs> yeah, the Gravity Falls stuff is way corny on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. Yeah, here here they're just like, we want to do a weird dream world, other world. Twin Peaks has a good one. Let's steal that. It's not really going for Twin Peaks-ness too much outside of the dream world, I think. The thing I... I actually really like the part where they bring back the uh, the freak and deuce, like, oh, it's, it's actually like a ghost pretending to be one of their guys. Um, like, one of the monsters they've fought. I think that stuff's really yeah. good. Yeah, and then... And somehow it's both a real ghost and a guy is in a costume because it's yes. a ghost <laughs> disguising himself as a monster. Yeah, I think that's neat. I think that's a good inversion uh, to have the ghost also do the the Scooby Doo thing of dressing up as a guy. Yeah, um, and it'd be like the main guy from last season, right? Like, there's there's stuff there. It's weird though because like one of the early episodes I do like is the uh, Dreamweaver episode uh, early on where they already have a guy who like haunts your dreams with like portent um, doing a Nightmare on Elm Street thing. And then they go back to doing a Nightmare on Elm Street thing. But like this time it's got Twin Peaks instead of Labyrinth in it. And it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I had it like connected those two. One, it's just like a guy's doing being fake Neil Gaiman with like a dream machine. And it's like silly. And the other one is um, your soul will get trapped in the dream world forever. If you fail. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like for real, which is a weird thing. The uh, the the Dreamweaver episode also reminded me of a thing we discussed a lot in the first season, which is the show's really weird ideas about nerds. Yes, um, like one uh, I recall um, in our second part, uh, 
what if you like called hot dog water like the gr- like the gross version of Velma, which is something the second season immediately dispenses with. Like the second season thinks she's cool, but there's also uh, but there's also like Shaggy is deeply embarrassed to play D- that he used to play D and D. Yes, and it's like why like the show just has a really really weird approach to like identity and the way being a nerd interacts with like masculinity in weird ways like there's an entire episode where like the plot revolves around the like an ironclad like sexual logic of 80s movies of like if a nerd's hooking up with girls it's like it has to mean something sinister and it and it, it does but not in like an examining their nerdness entitled you know not in like a modern way where it might be annoying but he's it, not really doing anything with that it's just like nerds are gross and weird but we're also nerds and we're making all the references and it just doesn't unpack that at all it's very weird yeah uh, it's, it's like a weird tra- thread it's, it's trapped in the state of like being a show made by nerds clearly for nerds like yes uh there are like so many references in these in this show to things that like the actual 10 year olds would never get um, i assume this show's way better if you're a 10 year old because like for me i was like this you have to stop this is getting ready player one levels of every scene is a new thing you're doing uh you're just doing a thing i've seen uh, uh yeah this was the first episode is just like now we're doing the great escape now we're doing jaws now we're <laughs> they doing go directly from the great escape into full metal jacket and i'm like guys <laughs> um the but, uh the thing oh go ahead yeah it's just like and despite like clearly being like made by nerds it's every time the idea of a nerd who's like not velma or velma adjacent comes up it's treated as like a like these people are the subject of mockery when they're the people the show's for. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, it's weird. The one of the things I actually really liked was this idea that like Shaggy had gone to military school and he wasn't like suited for it, but he was just kind of like going, like he got his haircut and he was like there. Um, and the, the first couple of those have Shaggy literally growing his hair back out to Shaggy length. Right. Yeah. Um, but they don't, they don't talk about like, Shaggy, like, was willing to go and, like, give up his dream of hanging out with Scooby and being part of the gang and being the, like, layabout guy. Um, and that requires, like, trying to, like, buy into a worldview that, like, the show thinks is it, it sucks to be, like, a yuppie or, like, you know, it, it's very, like, mid, like, 70s to 80s, like, ideology. Like, you know, his uh, everyone's parents who, who suck are rich. Um Everyone wants them to go to military school and clean up their act and dress nice, whatever. It's very traditionalist. But, like, on some level, Shaggy ends up buying in there, um, like, kind of by force. But he does, and it doesn't ever, like, like, that episode in particular, he, like, there's an opportunity there to talk about, like, new Shaggy is, is like, a gas that he was, like, someone who played D&D. And uh, old Shaggy wouldn't have been. But they don't ever talk about, like, these experiences have made these characters, like have to like reckon with who they used to be uh shaggy just grows his hair back out and goes back to being shaggy yeah like th- there is a degree to which i like that it's not like and the first episode the gang's all back together it's like nothing changed but they do get there like in the third episode mm. um i just wish they had drawn that out a little more because yeah. if they're going for a show that isn't going to be like if they're going for a whole, whole season arc that builds up to something um some of that should include character development for the guys, like the actual Scooby gang. And I just yeah. don't think any of them do. Like, Fred Fred solved all his problems last season other than his parents' thing. And that gets literally solved at the very last episode by magic. Um, uh, 
Daphne's whole character arc is a is a joke for two episodes. That's it. That's all she gets. Uh, um, we we just circle the wagons on the same romantic tension that we had the first season back and yeah. forth. And I'm like, guys, this you have. I found that stuff really annoying. I was like, didn't he already understand how to communicate? Like a little bit. Didn't we do that? Did we not do that already? Uh, um, I mean, I think that that's like, I think old Fred wouldn't have even communicated at all. I think that stuff is like still picking up where they left off. But the part where it, it, there's an easy out because her new boyfriend turns out to be one of the villains is like really obvious. Yeah. Also, it being a very ridiculous like Twilight parody is just like, oh, this show came out. 2012 yeah oh, yeah i mean it, the thing for me is that like in the first episodes he's like really jealous and possessive and trying to get it back but the second that they go back to like daphne gets back in the group he reverts to his old way of being written and i feel yes. like there's no bridge there like the com the, the conflict between those two goes back and forth like either one of them is either jealous of or possessive towards the other one when they need to be but it doesn't like necessarily follow logically it just internally perpetuates them in this like you, state to mind conflict from you even get an out narratively with the plot where fred's jealousy and daphne's like red like just like being willing to submit to that can be part of the like negative fate of everyone being drawn together by the magic guy yeah like i would have liked on the other side fred and daphne just like aren't a couple actually like they broke it off years ago instead they're getting married i'm like these two should not get yeah, um, that that would have been a interesting way to get to it. I think a bunch of like the tension is supposed to come from the idea that like Fred like figured his shit out. He figured out how to talk with Daphne. Things were good, and then he immediately screwed it all. Uh, like at the end of the first season, and that like mm. has fucked Daphne up because she's like, sure, he's like back to being the Fred I like, but he was the Fred I liked when he fucked everything up. But they don't again. There's, like, I can do the readings that, like, make the things make sense, but they're not in the yeah. show. Also, this stuff resolves in three episodes, and yeah. then it doesn't come up again. It's, like, yeah. it's a classic, you know, uh, TV. I feel like this is I feel like this is a thing from uh, 90s shows in live action, but it, I guess it was happening in, in uh, animation in this way, where it's, like, a show where the writer's, like, we want to make the serialized show, and every force around them is trying to, like, push them back onto making episodes of series, like, to put in syndication again. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about the production behind the scenes, but it definitely feels like, uh, you know, I, when you hear stuff about DS9, you're like, every time we did anything, they yelled at us. Uh, I assume this was not as uh, antagonistic, but I, I don't know. Um, it, it just has a similar feeling where um, um, the, the inertia of getting everything back to the, the main form is so strong. And like you said, they do, they make that like th- a thematic point, but I don't think they like necessarily go far enough with it to get anything big out of it. Um, I know this is still a thing happening with um, animation now. Like, The Owl House, which is one of the biggest shows on Disney right now, like, numbers-wise, gets cancelled because the head of Disney is like, we don't want any serialized narratives at all. We only want episodic shit. Uh, So we're cancelling our best-performing show over this. Um, Sure. uh, And uh, I think... I don't know if it says... I don't think the show got cancelled because it was episodic. The show feels like it ended where it wanted to end. I don't feel like it, like... Oh, I didn't think it was cancelled. Mis- I, I just... the I feel yeah. like it may... The the speed with... Like, the second the Hot Dog Water thing resolved, they don't really mention Hot Dog Water in the episode she's not in. Um, like, yeah. all of the character development is siloed off so that you can just watch every episode yeah. mostly on its own. I have, 
I have a clear in my notes because I get excited whenever she shows up. I can see how many episodes she's in. Um, and she like she disappears after episode three. Is back in episode eight when she um, is the villain. She's like a succubus demon thing. Um, then she does the heist in the Krampus episode, and then she shows up one more time to die. Uh, yes. Um, they really get out of everyone dying at the end of this show. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, it's a thing, like, there, there's a point where I'm like, okay, at, like, I feel they killed Angel Dynamite, like, halfway through the season, and I feel like that still happens if you do the version of this where they don't reset everything. Uh, but towards the end, like, once, like, I think once Marcy dies, they're just like, okay, we've decided to reset everything. Everyone's on the chopping block. Fuck everyone. Um, um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't think you kill Hot Dog Water if you're not intending to reset the show, when I still think you kill Angel Dynamite as, like, uh, a moment regardless, if that yeah. makes sense. I, um, I did I did not like the big reset. I was like, man, that was kind of disappointing. Because I, I quite liked the last couple episodes. I thought they were fine. Like, you know, just a good, totally competent finale. Uh, I like all the gang doing their ridiculous Last Crusade puzzles. Um, I had completely... Th- Sorry, you finish your thought. No, you, you go, you go. Uh, I had, like, forgotten. There's, like, there's the Pyrospheric Disc, which a lot of the, like stuff in this season that's, like, actual plot stuff is about various people trying to steal pieces from each other. And then there's, like, the four keys as, like, a second group of plot items that are very nothing in comparison to how they're treated. Mm -hmm. Uh, That I, like, completely forgotten about, but are, like, oh, then, like, are the Indiana Jones keys in this uh, second last episode, I think? Um, I had a point with this at the beginning that I got distracted. Um, It's just... It feels like it feels like when you introduce a second set of plot devices that don't matter, then you've gone on a bit long. Uh, yes, but um, once they all like came to play in the, the ending, I was like, "This is this is a good this is a good time." Uh, I enjoyed the big final fight uh, mostly. Um, uh, they were like, "Ah, oh, the real uh, dragon." Uh, um, what was it? Not dragon's heart. It's a Jaguar's heart, right? Yes, the Jaguar's uh, heart. The real Jaguar's heart is is us. And I was like, yes, I they figured that out when you first <laughs> said it. <laughs> um, but, but we still have to use the stick to kill it. <laughs> we still have to use the, the, the stick to kill it. They did a big team attack, and it's good fun. Uh, but then when it all, when it all just like erases everything and fixes everything, I was like, it's such a weird ending because yeah. The, they, so the group understand that like this is not a happy ending necessarily because all the people they know and love are now different. Um, but then they just like leave to be them their self. One person remembers them, so they leave their life and the people they knew because they're all different now to go be the Scooby Doo people somewhere else. I feel like it's the most depressing ending possible. The show plays it as like a woo, we saved the day moment. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely people at the time were treating this like it's supposed that like the idea was that like they go off there and then they go on adventures and that's the original Scooby Doo show, which I don't think really works because they're not the same characters as those guys. But there's definitely a sense of and then there's more that you're not going to see, but the adventure continues. Uh, that just like 
doesn't jive with the part of the show where, like, you actually care about people outside the gang in the town. Like, Patrick Warburton's not there for their new adventures. That's no fun. I, I I just I never like this as a plot point. I hate it in every, anything it's ever been done in. It is like broke me on shows before when they've done this. Of like, then it's not the same characters. You've like when you've changed their lives and their history, they're not the same people anymore. I don't care that in this universe, you know, that everyone is magically happy. I actually feel like everyone's just died and been replaced with a new bunch of people. Uh, so it's always a weirdly unsatisfying ending uh, whenever it goes this way. Um, yeah. I knew you wouldn't like this ending, but um, uh, it's. I had, I had a, more to that than just saying I knew you wouldn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like uh, it. Like, I, I liked the final episode. It was literally just this, this universe thing. I was like, man, I, 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 I always feel like it's the. Like, uh, like when you get invested in characters, I feel like it's a cheap thing to do. It's the And then they woke up of uh, storytelling to me. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think it's like totally without uh, purpose here in that I do understand the like, okay, we did fix the universe, but now we remember and like the melancholy of it is how you can make that make sense, right? Is, oh, I now I, I did erase everything and now I'm like completely alone. But then it, the way they give that a cheap out of uh, Harlan Ellison calling them up and being like, well, Solve Mysteries over there feels a little wrong to me because I cared about the characters from the town. I was like, I'm invested in them. You just got rid of them. Yeah. Um that there's a definite like it's it's like a race of stakes to a real extent like what what were we invested in if this was the result like the uh it were we ever needed to care about someone else's subplot if it just gets deleted and replaced mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if if the care if the, if the Scooby Doo gang are the only ones who are going to remember what's happened, I feel like more time should have been spent on them having arcs. But it's not; it's spent on the back and forth of them and the Mister Inc. who doesn't exist by the end of the show. Like they yeah. just don't. None of that ever happened uh, with them, so it doesn't huh. matter um, that they fought over everything because like those characters have more going on interpersonally than the actual Scooby Doo gang do. Yeah, uh, it's like why these characters don't—they literally don't, don't don't exist by the end of the show. The the new people. Yeah, the, it's also gross to me that like good universe, uh, Mister E is thin. I was so mad. He his character has like the the biggest arc in the actual season. Where he's like originally evil, but he doesn't like Mister Pericles because you know he's evil and sucks, and is, tr- keeps on trying to like work against him, but is keeps getting thwarted every turn and makes a big heroic sacrifice, and then his um ending is is a completely different person and thin now. It's like, well, thanks. That's, 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 well, thank you. Thank you for this. Yeah. Um, um, I also don't it. think enough time is spent on, like, when everyone broke up, Velma went to work for Mr. E. And then, like, once the gang's back together, just, like, bounces. And, like, but when Hot Dog Water goes back to work for him, and it's like, oh, that's, like, the villain thing to do. And I'm like, where's the, like, friction here? Like, these are choices these characters make. Don't matter. No one talks about it. Yeah. Mm. The, the, the whole Velma mystery uh, Marcy triangle of, like, uh, them being super spies for him and, like, theoretically is, like, very interesting, but it's, again, a thing they don't commit to. And we also, mm. like, there, 
I wanted to I want to know what Mr. E's like original motivations were. Like does he just want the treasure? Is he also cuz it's like he's very clearly like differently in his different in his actual goals than Pericles over the course of this show. Uh Yeah. But uh in the sense that Pericles like wants to awaken uh the Nibiru entity and become all powerful and uh I get the sense Mr. E wants something like more like practical. Uh, whether at, at one point he suggests that his goal is to prevent everyone from being killed, um, but that's never expanded on. Um, and like you could you could have some conflict about like the fact that uh, Velma working for Mister E comes from the fact that like technically their goals aren't completely out of line, um, and when their goals overlap, you can have interesting situations about how they overlap and how they don't. Uh, but then uh, the Old Mystery Inc. reunites and they kill the they kill uh, Cassidy and then uh, it um, all Mystery does from there is kind of be like wait you're all are way more evil than I'm comfortable with this sucks um, for the rest of the show I guess he only really starts doing that after the uh, what what's the, what's the place he draws the line first is it the uh, piranha cows. Something like that. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, I don't. Pericles does a bunch of evil shit, and then eventually Mystery's like, wait a second. I feel like he goes back and forth, because, like, he's kind of... There's tension with him at first, but then they both agree that they need to kill Cassidy. And I'm like, wait, is is that... I feel like you should be conflicted about that, but then he is conflicted. About, uh, but telling this, this, their story, which has more interpersonal like details than the main gang, in completely unrelated two minute like teasers at the end of every episode, is it's just I I just think it's terrible, and not in a way that I think is necessarily without merit. I feel nostalgic for this on some level. There are a lot of TV shows that did this when I was a teenager. It was a very popular form. You have your episode. I and think you have I would rather they just have an entire episode devoted to what they were doing. Like yes. Like, oh, you never find out until the very end. It's like, wait, why did you kill Cassie? Wasn't she working for you? And then they have a whole episode about this whole... Because the whole... The, like, on paper, it's like, Pericles and Mr. E both want the planospheric disc. Uh, Mr. E and Cassie used to be a thing. They clearly still have some very complicated feelings for each other. Pericles is, like, genuinely evil because he wants to be possessed by the big space demon. Um, and so you get the thing where, like, they're aligned until... Pericles is like, kill Cassidy, and Mystery can say no, and then Pericles insists because Pericles is seemingly the, like, linchpin around everything because the the animal mascot's the one that has to be possessed by the big evil demon. Um, And you get a whole, like, story out of it that just is there on the, like, table and no one puts it together in a way that really connects. Mm -hmm. And then none of this actually transfers to the part where Scooby-Doo's not getting getting in, like absorbed by a space demon he's scooby-doo like he just doesn't have motivations <laughs> the, to make any of that make sense the entire like last half of the season is around the dog must die and i'm like it's yeah. fucking scooby-doo <laughs> have we forgotten that we're watching scooby-doo here the dog uh, yeah. will not die uh, scooby doesn't want anything other than to eat and hang out with shaggy and his friends scooby-doo has uh, you will have to tell me something because you're more of an than this scooby-doo is a man in this in this series scooby-doo is a human being he is not a and the anthropomorphized dog with a catchphrase. He is a fully realized character who can have discussions and explore concepts and talk about that. He wants to like hang out and chill and eat, but he's just a man, and it makes some of the ways he's a dog really confusing. 
I hate how he just has a crush on a regular dog for like half the season. It's so fucking weird that like, Cause, especially because when they go on dates, it's like he's behaving like a man and the other dog's behaving like a dog. And I'm like, this got too weird. It's, a I, it's also especially weirder when she's named after the mute woman from Planet of the Apes. Yep. Oh, I didn't catch that. That's gross. No. Um, yes. Um, uh, which Planet of the Apes does that very intentionally where Charlton Heston finds the perfect woman and it's uh, like a like a feral woman who doesn't talk. Like, that's on purpose because he's a fucking asshole in those movies. But, like, Scooby-Doo is a nice boy. Um, <laughs> which is why the part where he would be, he would fall prey to the evil demon that offers unlimited power doesn't make any fucking sense. He's Scooby-Doo. He doesn't care. But yeah, it's not even there's... like a Scooby-Doo is so pure of heart he just wants to eat Scooby snacks that he... They, they avoid it through the power of friendship. It's not like there is something inherent to the mascot properties of Scooby Doo to make yeah, him immune. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and like we we never see like anything. They 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 can never commit to like doing like a uh, episode where Scooby does something fucked up because of the curse. Uh, other, I than- actually, um, the only like that episode in season one where it's like the mascots have to band together has more Scooby-Doo doing things that are like more complicated and nuanced than anything in this ep- in this season. Yeah. Um, that's a good episode. Uh, that's I, a good episode. I don't think I've said it explicitly. I also agree that season one is broadly better um, at being a show. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't my... dislike this. It's been a negative episode, but yeah. like when it's good, it's just like it's good because it's Scooby Doo. It's like funny. It's fine as a mystery, right? Like I don't have as much to yeah. say about the positive sides. I uh, mean, the, in, the, in our other episodes, we also were like, we like it, and then we spent like two hours talking about all the problems because that's the interesting parts to talk about with this show. Yeah, because it just has ambitions of being this like you know serialized storytelling show with this big plot uh, that it's going to examine, but it's fucking Scooby Doo. Um, and the tensions where sometimes it's too much Scooby Doo, and sometimes it's not enough just being a Scooby Doo. And I'm like, the, I, the I think the season, I think the season is 100 percent just not enough of the thing I like about Scooby Doo. Sure, yeah. but like I, I agree. But then we say like well, there should be more interpersonal conflict, which is not like Scooby Doo, well, but it is yeah, more if like a what show, show is about doing. like an overarching season. If this show just had like 15 banger mysteries in a row, none of them connected, and it was just we we went to a place, we solved a thing, we ran through some doors as a song played, I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. wouldn't have a lot to say but i'd be totally happy yeah and the, the, the thing though also is i'm like thinking about it, i'm like i say that like i like it when it's a normal mystery and then my favorite episode is krampus which is not a normal mystery and then um what else i think uh and then in the first season there's also the not a normal uh there are only a real not a normal mystery episode is the one where fred fights the jigsaw killer and that episode was great Mm-hmm. Um, I um I really liked the uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street with the Dreamweaver one, and I really liked the uh, Dance the Undead. I like the Battle of the Band stuff, which okay. is just like goofy like fan service because you get the Hex Girls and a, like an evil ska band, and I just ate it up. I thought that stuff was fun. They do, I, they, I have... they do the Madness Walk, and I was like, that's the Madness Walk. <laughs> so I have a story about this episode. So I watched this episode the first time, like in 2013 or whatever. I've never heard mm-hmm. of ska before. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, because my brain is broken, I'm not like, oh, I kind of liked the music in this episode. I should, like, find out what this is. I'm like, it's very funny that this music genre is something I've only heard about in Scooby-Doo. I'm going to s- keep it that way so I can use it as a punchline someday. So now, like, eight years later, this episode is still the extent of my ska knowledge because... <laughs> As it went longer and longer, I was like, I need a bigger and bigger punchline to make it worth, like, 
cursing myself to not know what ska is for a decade. Um, this is this is this is the story of Dan Riker wore glasses until he needed glasses. He thought they looked cool. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've just been like, uh, Scott, you've just done this to yourself. Scott, <laughs> this one episode of Scooby Doo. Uh, so now that I've like said it in front of an audience, like later today, I can finally find out what this music is about. It's all right. Uh, Jackson yeah. likes it a lot. I think it's all right. It's fine. Yeah, um, it's a it's a good episode too. I th- I kind of think that. Uh, as a Hex Girls fan, being like a Scooby Doo person, I think their song they actually use in the their like big battle of the bands is the worst Hex Girls song. That's fair. Um, yes, it is not as good as the like one Scar song, which is just one riff they play over and over again as a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the music in the Hex Girls movie much better than this. Yeah, uh, and there's like a random thing in that episode where Shaggy and Scooby have to like dress in racist drag for no reason. Uh, that's, yes, like. I, I remember that happened. I forgot it was, like, literally not even, like, a thing in the episode. They just wanted to draw that, I guess. Um, yeah. Well, literally the episode after this is the one where Rick Spartan and Kachinga show back up. And Rick Spartan does not realize that Kachinga is actually just, a, like, a, a British guy. And is just still acting like he's his, like, you know, like like tribal manservant and it's so cringe it's so miserable i fucking hate it i was yeah. not exactly pleased when i was like oh we're gonna bring this back i guess uh yeah like i feel like this season had more racist episodes than the first season but it may be forgetting how many the first season had because there were a few well the entire uh, premise like, of this season yeah is... the general the general like conclusion that like the good like do they say where they're from? Is they like Incan or Maya? I don't remember. It's been a week since I watched this. Uh, um, they don't say, but like geographically, it would be Maya. Okay, like the good Mayan kids were like pure of heart and could have solved the problem until the white man came and ruined it. Is in itself like backwards walking, trying to progressive yourself into saying some stupid racist shit. Um, it's just like, oh, you know, the, back in the day, everyone was pure of heart, and then the Europeans fucked it up for everyone, and like. They did fuck it up for everyone, but saying, like, in this state of nature, these kids were the best kids is is in itself, like, a problematic thing. I understand this is just where the discourse was in 2012, trying to be, yeah. like, thoughtful about this, but it is ridiculous. It's still there. I've seen also, that. Out. Also, everyone gets their, like, grass skirt, brown face version of themselves, and that in itself is like, oh my god, I can't believe we're doing yeah. this. Um, I can't believe I have to look at tribal Shaggy. Yes, as we go, like, as they decide to extend the gangs back through time... Uh, and just do these like goofy designs in various cultures and like the further back that goes like okay well it's already weird when you're just doing random monks but the the more (laughs) the more in america you go back in time the worse the random the random monks might be my favorite one i think that (laughs) one's really funny (laughs) really funny the the, the fact that like their donkey like used the tnt to blow them down is still funny to me like I like that. I like the stupid twist of that episode. One of uh, the best gags in that episode when it's um, this is one of the one few times I think that their like continuity really pays off is uh, the episode where they like they the monks have figured out what's going on and they are trying to hide away the curse and like the last shot is him putting the piece inside <laughs> the fucking cheese. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, all uh, right, the cheese episode. The che- the cheese episode was good. In terms of like designs, I really like the gang that's like only there in the Twin Peaks episode. That's like four cowgirls and a cow. Yes. Um. They 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 don't get anything the way the other gangs do, but it's just good designs. Yeah, that's why I, I wish they'd spent more time on these uh, 
these different designs because they're just like some weird, goofy guys. I'm I'm, st- I'm still left wishing they do the thing they could never have done, which is that season two is twenty years after season one, after the game breaks <laughs> up and there's a new set of characters. Uh, uh, that'd be great. Uh, but also, I would have like it would have been very easy to do episodes in this season where like. You follow, there's like one episode for every era of Scooby Gang, like Mr. Inc., where the intro is those characters and the music's got the tinge of wherever they're from. Um, oh, that would be just some very lots. bad music for the Mayan one. I know, but I'm just saying, like, you know, getting the Mr. Inc. theme, but it's like Gregorian chants as the monks go on a mystery would Hell be yeah. fun. I would flip out for it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that writes itself. Uh, I also think there's a big, even easier shot to take with the modern Mystery Inc. having to do one less actual mystery together uh, Mm -hmm. as part of their plans. Uh, Like, you know, it's always the gang showing up and solving a mystery and getting one of the disc pieces. But they could have done the old Mystery Inc. cast to solve a mystery to get the disc piece. You wouldn't need to, like, write much weird about it. Mm -hmm. Um, The the other thing... um, I think there's, uh, who are the other gangs? There's the Benevolent Lodge of Mystery, uh, who's like yes. the 1930s one, who one of them becomes a Nazi scientist and then dies. Um, uh, that one is the most like, I don't want to, I don't want to know about those guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like that is a fitting end for a group called the Benevolent Lodge of Mystery. That name has bad vibes to me. I was expecting something a little more League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, given the name, but they are not that. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the Darrow family who we saw, who were like a lot in season one. The, the, they mentioned them all the fucking time. And then one of them yeah. becomes the Jigsaw Killer. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, uh, like just doing a bunch more with what mystery solving looked like in the various time periods would have been a fun approach. Um, yeah. I do think, I do want to draw attention to, because we've been fairly negative, uh, the, like, random episodes I just thought were fun. There's the episode that's all like a gag about the villain being very obvious and no one yes. but Velma believing it. Uh, Though, was... it does bring up this idea, We they're like, we don't villain profile. And I was like, you can't do this. You can't be, like, uh, woke about Scooby-Doo plots. Especially when it uh, is him! Like, he was the villain. <laughs> that episode is bonkers, because it goes from that joke into Sco- uh, Fred, Shaggy, and Scooby-Doo all trying to, like, actually fuck these three German girls, and I'm like, first of all, <laughs> one of you's a dog, and the other two don't know what sex are, so this entire gag falls flat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you, were, you were talking to me about that, I'm like, this is just a holodeck episode. Like, these three women, uh, these cartoon, like, da- like, daughters are just a holodeck character like set of holiday characters that I, harry kim and, and tom paris get involved with i cannot think of three characters who are least likely to get like trapped by these like ludicrous hot women daughters of this 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 family uh than fred jones shaggy and scooby-doo okay the, the, the only part that made that like the fact that it's daphne who's there because of the food is the wildest thing uh, well, they're doing cause... really, like, stupid, like, 90s-ass chocolate jokes about her. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. That, that I did part, but, I, but I, did, I did find uh, evil Stein von Meenskrieg to be a very funny, stupid character. Yes. Um, there's, there's a great, there's great like, uh, pause the episode to read 
uh, the files about him gags. Um, uh, there was... Uh, I, I liked the bits about uh, George Avocados continuously being the mislead and then finally getting to be the villain um, in that one episode. Uh, I, I do yeah. like I do like the thing the show does where like because we've got like a cast of just like people who are in uh, Crystal Cove that we get to have things like the episode where the shitty soccer guys are the villain or the George Avocados they do or or Marcy again or like you you get to play with characters we know already which is not a thing Scooby Doo traditionally does because this is the only show with a setting. Yeah, but you do get weird things where, like, the whole episode about Blue Falcon is like a Dark Knight Rises or Dark Knight Returns, like, riff. And I'm like, why, why are we, why? I, I mean, I guess it's fine, but why? I the, the, do th- think it's very funny the way they make Blue Falcon, like, George George Miller, Frank Miller Batman, and uh, Dino Mutt is just still a Hanna-Barbera character <laughs> as a sidekick. I am never happy to see Dino Mutt. I just don't like him. So I'm I mean, like, that episode, Dino Mutt. That episode for me as someone who has no idea about any Helen Barbera stuff that isn't Scooby-Doo was very much like, ah, it could be worse. It could be way worse. Uh, I like the bit where uh, the other Scooby shows up, the Seal Scooby, and there's just a bunch of gags around which Scooby are they talking to. That's I'm an easy get. I thought those were all really funny. Um, I thought it was I, wild that at no point did Scrappy-Doo come up. And I guess it's because the movie already did like Scrappy-Doo as like, a yes. j- or meta joke thing. The, uh, there's there's a Scrappy-Doo meta joke in season one that's like very blink and you'll miss it. Like There's a statue of him in the haunted museum. Um, mm-hmm. but they don't go there. Uh, Scooby the Seal does predate Scooby-Doo and Hanna-Barbera history. That's funny. Um, which is why Scooby gets labeled Other Scooby. That's good. Um, <laughs> I, did I, I think I made a note of what show they're from, but I don't actually care about the other Hanna-Barbera shows except how they relate to This Scooby. Scooby's from, uh, Moby Dick and the Mighty Miter, which I've never seen. <laughs> It's like it, it's such a nothing property by comparison that like because I've watched so much Scooby Doo, most of the Hannah uh, other Hannah Barbara riffs I notice because they they do them all the time. I think this is the mm-hmm. only Scooby Doo thing that cares about those guys. Um, yeah, yeah. When they're like when they're doing like you know Dino Mutt and like Johnny Quest shit, I'm like, yeah, no, no, I understand all this. But mm-hmm. these this guy when these guys show up, it's like I have no idea who these are. Like I can tell just by the look of these guys that they're a reference. But nope, nothing. It, it was definitely yes. a thing where like these have to be from a thing, right? But I don't know it, so I second guess myself. <laughs> um. Yep. From uh, this ran from '67 to '69. Long fucking time ago. I don't think I know a single Hanna-Barbera thing that isn't Scooby-Doo. I know that's not true, but you just don't know it. <laughs> Is the Flintstones them? Are they the Flintstones? Yes. yes. Okay, then I, then I do know the Flintstones, but then... Apart from that... The Jetsons? I've heard of the Jetsons. They're the, the, the future 60s one, right? Yogi Bear? Oh, Yogi... Okay, again, I heard... Two things Johnny I've heard Quest? of culturally... Three things I've heard of culturally, but have never seen Top a Cat? single Top Guy. I have no idea what Top Guy is. Okay. Uh... I haven't seen a single clip of the Jetsons. Wacky Races? Uh, I've seen that Gundam short. <laughs> you have seen the Gundam short. <laughs> so, okay, I, I guess I'll say for Hanna-Barbera, most of these are names and maybe concepts I am aware of from culture of hanging out with Americans. Have not seen a single frame of animation. C-Lab 2020? 
That's that's a real show. That's the that's a Hanna Barbera show, and not like a modern. I, 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 the, the, the thing, no, 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 they were doing a they were doing a Harvey Birdman with that show. Okay, so it is a. I, I thought it was a Harvey Birdman type situation. Yes, which is also like Bird like Birdman was a real show in the sixties or seventies, probably seventies. Yeah, there, oh, there's a real wave of them being like, we have all these properties. No one's going to watch like an actual Johnny Quest show in two thousand and five. I love the nineties Johnny Quest show. They, they were wrong. They're uh, dead wrong. Yeah, uh, so they're like, so we'll make the Venture Brothers, which is a uh, like, we have the Johnny Quest characters, even though they don't actually directly use them as the leads in that, but and we're going to do a like fucked up adult comedy version of it. Oh, uh, fuck. I just, I was scrolling down Hanna Barbera properties and got the Hong Kong Fooey, and I'm fucking mad. I fucking hate Hong Kong Fooey. <laughs> I don't know, I that know what that is. I just heard the name and was like, mm, no, not sure about that. Hong Kong Fooey is a, is a dog. I think he's a dog. He's a dog who is a mild mannered janitor at a police station, uh, but when crime was whatever, he turns into like a guy who does kung fu he's voiced by scatman crothers so it's like a dog who is a black guy who knows kung fu okay this is the 70s you say yes See, this could not get really... more 70s yeah uh they no nope, no i don't have anything useful to add about that that's just what it is let me uh let me send you a photo of hong kong fu yeah i just this is memories of watching cable and being mad about cartoons that sucked uh Oh, that's not what I expected at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, hmm, yeah. I guess I dodged a bullet in these. <laughs> no, it was ter- children's television was fucking terrible uh, when you just got the dregs of shit that had been on for twenty years. Yeah. The, the the versions of that I had was for, so that whatever Scooby Doo I watched as a kid had Scrappy Doo, so I was a big Scrappy Doo fan as a child, as a wee child. I w- I was one of the children who watched. I, you know, I was eight. I watched the Scooby Doo movie. First of all, it's all like actually kind of a little scary, and second of all, Scrappy Doo's evil now, and it's all about how much he sucks. I was a bit like, I uh, felt a little betrayed as a child going to see the movie called Scooby Doo. Oh, I had already come to the conclusion that Scrappy Doo fucking sucked by watching a bunch of different types of Scooby Doo growing up. Uh, I was, I didn't have an option. Some of Scooby Doo was on, Scrappy was on there. I was a little baby. Um, yeah. Um... Some of the Scooby Doo with Scrappy isn't bad, but a lot of them are just the shows that suck. Um, mm-hmm. I I watched um what well, I I watched like Woody Woodpecker that was one that was on TV. Oh, I me. fucking <laughs> Scrappy Doo is fine compared to Woody Woodpecker, who is just a character that I hate to this day. If I have to listen to him open his goddamn mouth, I'm angry. You can't do the laugh. You can't. I hate Woody Woodpecker. Uh, I think it's clear looking through this list why Scooby-Doo is the only one of these that just gets to continue normally. Yes. Um, it's simply, like, much better Jabber than Jabberjaw. The they did some stuff with Jabberjaw, right? I feel like there was a modernish Jabberjaw. Uh, I feel thing... like the modernish Jabberjaw. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that this Scooby-Doo dodged was I watched, um, uh, I watched Scooby-Doo's on the island this morning. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's like well, a... Globetrotters, right. Um, Scooby-Doo, like, old Scooby-Doo up to, like, that era of, like, the late 90s, had a lot of Confederate shit in it for some reason. Um, that's just, that's just America, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, like, there's an episode of original Scooby-Doo where the plot is Scooby is friends with an old Confederate colonel who recently died, so he's been left a fortune in as well. 
Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's just like, I'm, I'm glad in the list, in the like long list of st- problematic shit in Mystery Inc., they decided to axe, uh, Shaggy and Scooby being Confederate people. Uh, part of the franchise. That um, is, um, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, I wonder what the, like, reason for, like, part of it is it lets Shaggy be old money, but not in a way where it'd be weird that he's a hippie, right? But then it's also, like, is that meant to, like, make him more relatable to people who are like, oh, this kid with his beard and his long hair um, when it was airing? It's like, oh, he's just going through a phase. (laughs) Yeah, um... So there's, um, I was looking into this on the Scooby-Doo wiki after this, being like, how many times does this occur? And it was way more than I thought, because there, there's, like, a whole, like, backstory about Scooby's ancestor who fought for the Confederacy, and I'm like, what were no! you doing? Scooby, Scooby-Doo, the talking dog, has lore about how Scooby-Doo is also talking grandfather dog, which would, in dog years, is ludicrous, um, for for the for, for the Confederacy, <laughs> yes, uh, in Scooby Doo, uh, this, this yeah. is making everyone's Tumblr posts about. Did you know Scooby Doo is a talking dog because he's a spawn of a Cthulhu entity in Mystery Inc. Like way not as bad to me because I'm like, oh, well, I'd rather that than them talk about uh, Scooby Doo's Confederate uh, soldier grandpa. They don't explain why, why Scooby Doo still you with a photo. They don't explain why Scooby Doo still exists and can talk after they uh, uh, deal with the the evil thing. Also, this is so stupid. The thing you just sent me. <laughs> um, well, if to to like put on my uh, mystery ink lore hat for a second, Scooby's not actually a descendant of the Nibiru entity. Uh, he's okay. a descendant of the other aliens uh, who were not erased but aren't evil. Well, yeah, uh, right, because the letting the tramp dog is being yeah. possessed by them, and yeah, it te- it technically works. It's a very stupid plot line to put in the show, but uh, it is internally consistent, except for the idea that Scrappy Doo exists. Uh, I like. And... Mm-hmm. Well, I guess he's also he's probably just also. What is what is the what is the um what is the explanation for Scooby Dumb? <laughs> <laughs> Scooby-Doo's stupid cousin. Scooby-Doo has a stupid cousin called Scooby-Dum. I sent you a photo. Yeah, I yeah. can see it. Look at this yeah. fucking guy. He's like, uh, Scooby-Dum is Scooby-Doo's cousin. Dum lives with Ma and Pa Skillet in the hokey Finoki swamp of southern Georgia. That tells you everything you need to know. Man. I take everything back. This show is clearly one of the better ones. Uh, <laughs> you, you do have a period, like, where, there, where Scooby-Doo's just pretty bad. Sure, oh like... really? <laughs> I'm uh, looking at this and I'm like, damn. Yeah. What was like... The... People like the Thirteen Ghosts, right? That's a show people like. Yeah. Uh, I like the new Scooby Doo movies, which are hour long ones with celebrities. That's my favorite Scooby Doo. Uh, is that is the Batman one? One of those? Is he yes. one of the celebrities? Yes. It's Adam West Batman. It's Don Knotts. It's the Harlem Globetrotters. Not not the Hanna-Barbera cartoon Harlem Globetrotters or crime fighters with superpowers. The real-ass Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. Th- those are good. Um, there's that. There's original Scooby-Doo shows pretty good. Then you have What's New Scooby-Doo, the like two, early 2000s, which is just like a normal Scooby-Doo show that's good. Uh, they have way too many celebrities in that. I, re- I randomly watched an episode recently, and just, like, Smash Mouth shows up in an episode, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? 
Like, he's just there. He's not part of the plot. They're just like, hey, Smash Mouth, let's hang out. I don't know why you'd put that in a Scooby-Doo show, but I guess it's not too different than Harlan Ellison being there. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sending you a, a screenshot of uh, new Scooby-Doo movies guest starring Sonny and Cher. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, the 70s were wild. The 70s yeah. seemed crazy. <laughs> uh, the I've only, of the new Scooby-Doo movies, I've only seen Batman and the Harlem Globetrotters, because those were the ones they had a DVD at at the video oh. store when I was a kid. Um, yeah, and you know what? It turns out Adam ba- West Batman is good. Uh, so it is good. Those yeah, are good. That's true. They, I had it like, confused in my brain the other. Year. They recently did a Scooby Doo Brave and the Bold crossover movie. Um, oh God! And uh, they and uh, Adam West returns animated movie. And I got this confused in my head and thought the new Adam West. Uh, Batman movie was also a Scooby-Doo movie and was talking about it a lot recently because they just m- mashed together in my head. Because of course Scooby-Doo would be in the Adam West Batman movie. They're friends. Um, we've got Three Stooges as a guest star, Batman and Robin, The Addams Family, Jonathan Winters, uh, famous comedian, <laughs> Don Knotts, famous TV star, Phyllis Diller, uh, famous comedian, Sandy Duncan, uh, famous actress, uh, <laughs> Sonny and Cher, Don Knotts, Laurel Hardy, Three Stooges Come Back, Harlem Globetrotters, Davy Jones, uh, famous uh, singer uh, from the Monkees, uh, <laughs> Jerry Reed, who's a singer, um, more Batman and Robin, more Harlem Globetrotters, uh, the cast of I Dream of Jeannie. <laughs> um, Wild. Okay. Uh, the currently airing Scooby-Doo show, Guess Who Scooby-Doo, is uh-huh. also one of these, and some of the guests of that include... Weird Al Yankovich, Billy D. Williams, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Is it still the nineties? Like <laughs> <laughs> Alex Trebek, <laughs> um, uh, Mark Hamill as the Joker. God, the uh, very last episode of New Scooby Doo movies is Dick Van Dyke, who has already had gray hair in the seventies. <laughs> oldest man in the world. <laughs> uh, I also and uh, terrible Scooby Doo. Guest star stuff. Uh, I recently wa- tried watching the movies. Uh, I actually forget the name of the movie. It's like Happy Halloween Scooby Doo or some shit. There's a million things mm. that could be. And it starts with the gang solving a mystery where the villain is the scarecrow from Batman. Um, God. And uh, to save Elvira, Mistress of Darkness, from him. What's going uh. on with those Scooby Doo? <laughs> they they put out a Scooby Doo movie every year, multiple times a year. Sometimes, yeah. What is going on with them these well, days? So, they the, they go through waves. Like in my mind, um, Scooby Doo Moon Monster Madness, which was twenty fifteen, is is one of my favorite Scooby Doo movies. So they still sometimes put out good ones. Recent, I guess twenty fifteen is not recent anymore. Um, nope. Sorry. That's <laughs> uh, how I feel uh, too. Yeah, but then th- they did a trilogy that started with Return to Zombie Island, where they started like doing like revisiting these. No, I think it started with the Thirteenth Ghost, which was all about the fact that only twelve ghosts were in Scooby Doo and the Thirteen Ghosts. Um, yes. And then they finished it off with a movie, and then they continued in that universe with Return to Zombie Island. 
which doesn't actually follow from Zombie Island in a reasonable way, because the whole point of Zombie Island is it's their adults, and the gang split up so, so they could get jobs, and they come back together for one last case. Isn't Zombie Island the first one? Like, that... It, it yes. was it was before they were making them every year, so it was like a kind of slightly bigger deal on a wider yeah. scale. Like the game, yeah. it it's a yeah. good movie. I like uh, we talked we talked about um, Witch's Ghost last time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Like Witch's Ghost is the follow up to that, and it's a, they're around the same quality. I think Witch's Ghost is better. Uh, and then they're like, oh, these these are good. Let's keep making them. And I think they fall off like about the fifth one. They make a but. They make a bunch of, like, totally mediocre ones where if you sound like me, who will just, like, like a Scooby-Doo mystery that's not terribly exciting, you'll have fun. Uh, then they start to get bad for a bit. Uh, and then they do the WWE ones, which are, like, I remember very... when those happened, because they're, they're hilarious concepts. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if they're, like, good, but they're very funny in ways that I'm not entirely sure are always intentional. Uh, but like John Cena showing up out of nowhere as a theme s- s- place to save Shaggy and Scooby from being crushed by a boulder, it's fucking hilarious to me. That's pretty funny. I can't lie. That's a funny concept. Um, and uh, now they're doing these ones with all the with all the guest stars with Elvira, and for some reason I'm like, yeah, Scarecrow being there in Scooby Doo, that's a bit weird, but that's normal. But when you start putting people like Bill Nye and Elvira, uh, who are like Real people, I'm like, that's less realistic to me. Batman can exist in Scooby-Doo, but Weird Al can't. Sorry, not Weird Al. Uh, well, also Weird Al. Bill Nye. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just... I, I, they keep making Scooby-Doo, and I'm always like, damn. They, they're going for it, I, I guess. Like, there was that Scoob movie that I think no one liked. I don't remember. You, you have to tell me if anyone liked it. I don't remember people having positive uh, reaction to it. Sco- so... The Scooby-Doo fanbase reaction to this was, um, you recast the fucking voice actors, this is Scooby-Doo, there's like, you can't not have Frank Welker be Fred when Frank Welker's still in the fucking movie? Um, uh, that, that is ridiculous, because it's fucking, (laughs) I feel like celebrity casting the Scooby-Doo cast is one of the dumbest ideas possible, the the Scooby-Doo cast, that was like, oh... Let's take a look. Who do they get? Mark Wahlberg's in this. Okay, I see why the uh, Scooby Doo fandom went went off. Yeah, uh, and it's like, I think it's a fairly, I think like the, I I haven't seen it um, because I was like I I was mad about the voice acting things. Mm-hmm. Frank Welker's just one of the all time guys. It's yeah. so rude. Um, but uh, the mystery also doesn't sound interesting, and I think they made a sequel to that. Gonna. Uh, there's just too many of these Scooby-Doo movies. But, like, Scoob is different because that's a theatrical one, right? Versus, okay. uh, like, the uh, direct-to-video films, uh, which are infinite in number. They, ju- they just keep making them. Um, and they right, keep making I the show. They're making that, like, new Velma show... Oh yeah, there's also a Velma and Daphne like movie that's just the two of them meeting, um, and it's like it's bad. Like it, it very much is like clearly like someone had an idea for a two girl detectives movie, and someone was like, "We gotta slap a brand on this," uh, and you can make 
unlimited Scooby-Doo shit. Um, and, like, it's a movie where uh, Velma and Daphne never seem to like each other at all over the course of the movie. That was true uh, in the show, too, to be fair. It's... I, like, they don't, they don't, like, interact, like, at all in season two. There's some friendship moments in season one. I guess there are bits where they're both commiserating over the fact that they both have the worst boyfriends ever at the, in the, in the first season. In this season, they literally, they barely are in, in, like, a conversation that isn't exposition. Yep. Um, this is, what happens, uh, sometimes is you forget to have your characters interact. Um, I... Um, the oh, of course they're in fucking the new Space Jam movie. Oh, anyone, anyone that WB had a license to is in the new Space Jam movie. Um, oh, here's the other thing. There's also um a lot of live. There, no, Daphne and Velma is the only live action direct to video film. Uh, but there's two live action television films. Uh, from 2009 and 2010, so apparently those didn't do well because they just stopped making them. Um, I feel like a live-action Scooby-Doo TV movie in 2009 is a terrible idea. How can you do Scooby-Doo? He needs to be a cartoon dog. Yeah. It uh, um, costs a lot of money. I have posted the poster to that. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) Um, Oh, no! Um, there was, uh, a thing you can sometimes see, uh, through, like, the more modern stuff, is you can see various writers going in and out of how much they're, like, Mystery Ink adjacent people by how much Fred is Mystery Ink Fred, or, like, Boring Fred. Um, (laughs) Just, like, normal guy Fred? Yes, who is, um, you know, like, we talk about Fred's best stuff is mainly in season one but i still like him in season two he's just yeah like, uh fred's a fun character i think they don't really do much new with him here yeah um, they keep doing the uh they <laughs> it's like, when we were talking about the last first thing like that the, 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 these uh these trap jokes are going a little far uh th- this season they they just push it to breaking point i'm like guys i get it already i understand you know that i know that you know what this means and maybe you thought you could get away with it because it was 2012 and this was children I, i'm sorry to say it's not the case anymore <laughs> um I, I do I do like the moments where it's just like it turns out to be an actual useful skill, like when they're going yes. through Indiana Jones tombs, and it's just like, well, they don't have to worry about Indiana Jones problems because Fred's here. Um, uh, yes, whenever like the um, the jokes are not just we said the word, but they're like actually about physical traps that you know Fred has made, interacting with the slapstick in funny ways. I think that's really good. Usually, yeah. Um, turns out a Rube Goldberg machine can just be funny. Um, that that is so true. <laughs> there, there's the bit in the episode with the soccer boys where there's like they're they're doing the scream thing where there's actually two killers, and then they catch the first monster with a Fred trap, and the second one's like, "Haha, you forgot about me!" And it gets immediately owned by the exact like <laughs> a separately constructed trap with that's the exact same thing. I think it's is pretty a, funny. <laughs> a good gag. Um, the way the way they uh, use. 
um, Fred's uh, real parents being uh, like legendary expert trap constructors as like the thing that sets up as like it's a miracle his real parents are his dream parents for them to like tear down in the future is funny to me mm-hmm. um, it like creates this idea of a dynamic that's never in the show of like the like somewhat overbearing but enthusiastic monster hunting parents um, and I th- and I think that's good because I do think Fred's parents are like the closest the show has to like an actual like character. It's that in Velma and Hot Dog Water, which like is split across like the entire show in four episodes. But like Fred finding out his parents are actually shitty um, is good to me, um, and like. The weird realization that, like, his fake dad from the first season, like, although was also evil, also, like, genuinely cared about him in a way his real parents never will. Um, mm-hmm. That's interesting to me. If he had to deal with that instead of the time rewrite. Yeah, just uh, the time, the way the time rewrite goes for Hot Dog Water is so funny. It's so, uh, this would be a discourse if it happened today in the, they, like, in a time rewrite, may- give Velma, like, an actual girlfriend, don't really acknowledge it if you're not paying attention, and then she just leaves town. <laughs> oh, you came fed around that time I was reading so much fan fiction about hot dog water, follow it, try to, like, follow the yeah, string behind. Um, yeah, it's, I mean... That that's how I remembered it. Honestly, I was surprised going back to it the extent to which Hot Dog Water shows up in episode one of the season and is already dating Velma. Um, yep. <laughs> like, like I, I remembered it as like there, there's there's a bit of subtext and then there are a couple after the time rewrite. But no, it's the whole time. Um, they they hooked up while uh, doing weird crimes in Russia or something. Yes. Um, the the way this show treats any other culture is truly wild. I don't think you would go quite off the rails like they did nowadays with Russia and the... Oh, I don't know. You do a whole different thing. What's happening with Ruby? uh, (laughs) I just know the the Ruby has an election hacking thing, right? You told me this. Oh, that had nothing... There is a... A foreign power stole the election. The Ru- okay. that was just because the Russian thing was with real life Russian shit. Yeah. Sure, but uh-huh. I, I'm saying that there are many ways for, for modern writers of things. Oh, to so be that was broke a season brains. ago. Ruby's yeah. in Desert Land now. If it ever comes back, so what the fuck is going on with Ruby? <laughs> uh-huh. Ruby, uh, hearing about Ruby is wild because in my mind it's still oh that's Marty Um new thing. Um, in a way that this is what it is to be old. Yeah, this, this is, is me thinking. Oh, Polygon, the new video game website. <laughs> God. Um, th- this. Speaking of weird othering, this show has like a weird thing about like there being like weird ugly people outside of American like cities. Oh uh, yeah, they do the hills yes. of eyes thing. Um, and they like also did it with crocodile or what? What's it called? Gatorsburg in the mm-hmm. first season, um, and then they do it again with uh this season and it's like and also germ like october like weird oktoberfest feeling german stuff it's uh, it's ridiculous it's everything is the broadest parody 
uh, whenever they tackle any culture that isn't um, just this specific small town American, I guess. Because yeah. like even the like, even the American stuff is abroad, often kind of unthinkingly cruel parody. Uh, yeah, but it's obviously in you know the the more centralized to the pop culture they're referencing and get, the more it becomes like pulling bits from other stuff. Uh, like they're not parodying a specific Russian movie in the way they are parodying specific American movies, right? Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, weird season, weird season. I, it wasn't bad. had a had a good time, uh, but a lot of lot of weirdness to dig into. Yeah, I um. I think I'm I'm glad I revisited it. Um I definitely my the first time I watched it I definitely liked season 2 uh more cuz I was a uh like you know like 16 year old who was like ooh Cthulhu and now I'm like man I liked when there were fun mysteries um and then like occasionally it someone would be like that. <laughs> and then occasionally Mr. E would see something sinister and be like ooh what's coming next and then he, there would be him saying something else sinister the next episode. Um yep. Uh, yeah, I'm going through. Is there anything um, in that I've marked as? Oh, uh, when they do Fred's dad's doing sternum to sternum, like an old '80s show, I'm like, yeah. this is clearly parodying something, but I couldn't play heart to heart. Ah, I see. Um, that makes sense. Um, all these. The problem with the references, all the references are fucking old people. Like, it's not stuff that kids would like or know. It's for old people. I don't get it. Oh, like, yeah. I'm like, make your references relevant. Maybe, like, aspire a little bit. Like, do a Nightmare on Elm Street one. Kids should watch Nightmare on Elm Street. It's cool. Uh, uh, kids shouldn't watch Heart to Heart. It's 2012. Um, I, well, they don't not... Like, they do Watchmen, which came out as a movie around this time. Um, yeah. Well, the Watchmen do... one's really weird, cause, because I know enough about comic books. I'm like, oh, she's in a question outfit. And then she says Rorschach. And I'm like, what the... I, I know Rorschach's also in a question outfit. But I mean... <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but but Rorschach's the character someone would have heard of in 2012 because um, it just uh, feels like the reference like skips on the CD when she says that to me. <laughs> um, that is, you know, too many nerds. Uh, yeah, I feel like the the the, the question is absolutely known and like not as a character, but as like it does a design, right? Like no, no, no? people think Rorschach. Okay, yeah, pe- fair enough. People I'm think crazy. Rorschach. The question is a great character, um, but like nobody fucking knows about him unless you're like a. Someone who yeah. reads really good seventies DC comic runs. Because I know uh, nothing about him as a character. I just know that as like the design with the the mask and the hat. Uh, yeah. Um, so I guess I assume that was more widely known. Uh, and like the Twilight thing, obviously something kids at the time were, were aware of. Yeah, because uh, no one could fucking stop being on the Twilight culture war in twenty twelve, which seems so quaint as a thing for the culture war to be about to me now. Um, like, I can't, I, like, it's probably hooked up in the same stuff, but it's weird to be nostalgic for the terrible thing because it's not our current terrible things. It's also um, not that terrible, like, as they go. Like, people, you know, obviously a lot of, lot of, uh, reasons for this, but people are more nostalgic, f- uh, than for Twilight than, like, Harry Potter, which continued to be more of a cultural juggernaut, but it also became more evil and, you know. Yeah, honestly um, shocked we didn't get, um, any of... Harry, weird Harry Potter stuff in this, but I'm glad we didn't. Unless I'm forgetting. No, it's all something. eighty. It's all eighty stuff. It's everything. Is it? God, I, like it's honestly is a, a miracle. I like this uh, show as much as I do because I feel like so much of my childhood and teenage years were just being just constantly furious that everything that I was watching was 
thought that the 80s media was all that mattered as like a reference pool i was so mad about it all the time um, I, I do think we need to destroy the 80s like as <laughs> a cultural touchstone like it's we've had enough um but like um it's it's i definitely can vouch for that if you are a kid who doesn't get like I think of the things the show referenced, other than like the obvious stuff like Twilight and Watchmen, I had seen The Great Escape and uh, Jaws, and that's it. Uh, and I guess they do Indiana Jones a lot of things times, but like that's way more generic. Um, but like the the show worked as a as a kid for if you don't get all the references, mm-hmm. um, and like like you said, might be better because they're annoying sometimes. I just I feel like it plays worse now. Like in a post Ready Player One world, uh, the just bang 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 chain of recognizing stuff uh, is a little more exhausting. Yeah, um, um, like I don't, um, like I don't mind it from time to time. Like I, I didn't watch all of Twin Peaks, but like I, I thought the Red Room stuff was fun in this, but like. That's when they're, like, doing a thing, they're doing a bit for one episode, and then uh, moving on is better to me than, like, the first episode, uh, Great Escape to, uh, what was the next movie? Uh, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Um, I always, I always call Full Metal Jacket Full Metal Panic, and it's very different. Those are not the same (laughs) thing. (laughs) Those are not even slightly the same thing. Um... Yeah, uh, although the reference for this did me well in that I did read all of Higarashi because of that one episode in season one of this show uh, and had a great time with that. So I guess thanks part reference person who instead of doing the 80s is doing early 2000s visual novels for having like a better reference pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, mostly. Yeah. Weird show, fun time, uh, yeah. and... Uh... Glad, glad, uh, glad I'm done. Ready to watch a bad anime now. I actually don't know what's next. We're not. We're doing a manga. Our next episode is 2001 Nights. Oh, that's probably going to be sick. Yukinobu Hoshino. Rick's going to be on for that. Uh, As you know, if it's old manga, it's Rick. (laughs) That's so true. Uh, I hope. Sniper, do you have any plugs? Uh, Yes, I actually have way more than I expected to. So a few months So, um... I'm going to plug a bunch of games I've designed because I've released three games in the last month, um, which has been a lot of fun. But also, uh, my biggest game, Anomaly, I recently released a hack for called Anomaly Investigation Club, which is about a group of mystery-solving teens investigating a mystery, uh, which might appeal to the type of person who listened to this specific podcast. Um... You can get that at sniperserpent.itch.io uh, slash anomaly. If you pay $10 instead of 5 for anomaly, you also get the Scooby-Doo Higarashi um, version of it. Um, and then my my other recent games is I released uh, Schism, a, a History of Holy Strife, which is a game about defining a fantasy or otherwise fictional religion through just creating the disagreements people ended up had with each other about doctrine over the years. Um, Roll to Death, which is a game about a cursed family all dying based on a manga everyone in the Fate Moon Archive Discord got into uh, over the last few months. And then a hack of that called Magus Cypher Mortis, uh, which is about doing a Holy Grail roll from Fate where everyone tragically dies. Um, you can find those all at itch- sniperserpent.itch.io. 
Um, and yeah, that's it. None of my animated stuff I've been working on is at all public yet, but I'm sure I'll talk to people about it when it is. Jackson. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at headfulsoff on twitter.com and you can find the other podcasts that me and M do out of normalmapping.com. Uh, they're good pods. Go listen to them. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can support all of our podcasts. Patreon.com, such normal mapping. We're watching SD Gun and Force and Digimon Tamers. Digimon Tamers is the one that matters there. But SD Gun and Force is really good. Um, and uh, more stuff besides. Just go and check it out. A lot of podcasts. Podcasts. Yeah, we'll be back next month with manga. Goodbye. Until then, the mystery is you. I don't know. We don't have <laughs> a fucking outro. <laughs> the mystery is you. It's great. <laughs>